Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweiden Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweiden Sons and Brad Garoon from BurgerWeekly.com. Hi, Reverend. David Ciancio, what's up? Hi, Brad Garoon. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, I'm a little sad that I didn't get to spend the weekend with you guys Specifically, you obviously, since you're my hetero life mate down in Florida for the Food and Wine Festival. But um, how was it? Uh, well, I'll tell you this: I would have enjoyed spending that time with you uh, as well. But I was pretty darn busy down there, so there wasn't really a, a lot of time for hanging. Certainly not at the bash. It occurs to me that by the time people hear this, it's going to be at least three weeks out from when the <laughs> the Burger Bash actually happened and from our, our Burger Bash episode. But uh, do you have a favorite burger from the weekend? So here's the funny part of the story, right? There are 31 competing uh, chefs and restaurants at South Beach Food and Wine Fest, and obviously only two or three of them won, depending on how you look at the trophies. Uh, and I ate a whopping two of them. Which which one was of the two or your favorite? Uh <laughs> Well, I had, just before the judges showed up, uh, I ate the Pincho Factory Burger, and it was really, really good. And on the way to the stage, I had the Jersey Dog Burger, which was the winner, and also very good. Oh, that's fun. But now, there, you, said, you said there were two or three winners, depending. I, I know there's the People's Choice, and there's the Very Best Burger, Schweid and Sons Judges' Choice Award. What's the third? And then uh, Amstel, I'm sorry, um, and then Red Robin also has an award, but it, it goes through some culinary students, and it, it it's actually kind of a cool award because the uh, culinary students get awarded like funding for college. So it's not, it's not quite as, it's not quite the same as the others. It's got its own category, but it's pretty cool. Got it. Those burgers did sound good. I wish I could have eaten them. Yeah, it was awesome. So the reason, just so people understand the reason why I didn't get to eat any burgers is Schweiden Sons is the ground beef or protein, I guess, sponsor for South Beach Wyden Food Fest. And as part of that, we get to feed all the judges the burgers as they are judging, and that is specifically my responsibility for Schweiden Sons. So I fed 77 hamburgers to seven celebrity judges, and I ate almost none of them. That's a shame. And I'll tell you know who was most excited to eat hamburgers? Neil Patrick Harris. He was pretty excited and also a very pleasant gentleman. No, Natalie Morales was a ball of lightning excitement. Who is that? She's from NBC. I don't watch that channel. She was incredibly nice and super fun to work with. But then again, all of the judges were. So there you go. Brad, any good burgers lately? Yeah. So uh, I met up with our friend Mike Tanzillo, the marketing director for BurgerLift, and I think director of sales as well. He's holding a lot of burger hats on. Yeah. And uh, we got together and went on a little Brooklyn burger crawl um, a couple of days ago. We went to two places in Prospect Heights and then finished it up with a spot in Fort Greene that were all recommended to us by Matthew Highland of um, Pizza Loves Emily. I love Matt. Yeah, he knows his burgers because this last burger in Fort Greene at a place called Lulu and Poe blew my mind. Why? And how did it blow your mind? Two patties, uh, pickled zucchini, goat cheese, potato roll. Um, the goat cheese was not overwhelming, very subtle, uh, not not it wasn't on too much of the burger you know like uh it wasn't clumpy um uh, i know you're not much of a pickle guy but the zucchinis were a nice change of pace from pickled cukes and oh man it's interesting too because it was the third burger of the day and we'd we had done a lot of walking before we hit lulu and po but even still it was so savory so good 
And the bartender was really sweet, and she helped me figure out where to take people on dates when I come to that neighborhood. <laughs> I, well, I guess that's good for you. Good news. You got burger and information. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, speaking of burgers, shall we talk to our friend from Certified Angus Beef? Yeah, so with, this is going to be a very special episode. We are going to grill, uh, pun intended, Tara from CAB, not only about what is Certified Angus Beef, uh, but we're going to try to talk about some uh, some misunderstandings about the ground beef universe. So let, let's get Tara on, on the horn here. Tara Adams is the Director of Supplier and Account Marketing at Certified Angus Beef. Uh, CAB is the most recognized beef brand in the world, but we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Let's talk about Tara first. At CAB, her role is to develop and innovate marketing solutions that CAB licensed businesses can use to help educate their customers and to grow sales. Uh, Tara has worked at CAB for nearly 20 years, and prior to her time there, she grew up on a cattle and wheat farm in Oklahoma. Tara, you know nearly everything there is to know about cattle. Can you tell us what is the percentage of cattle in the U.S. that are grass-fed? Well, that's a great question. So first, let me say hello uh, to you both. It's great to be here this evening. Very welcome to be here. And um, actually, all beef or all cattle are um, grass-fed for the majority of their time. And then our product is actually grain-finished in order to give it that great flavor that we as Americans really love when it comes to beef. That is exactly the answer I was hoping for. (laughs) Great. That's great. I I think that there's a lot of misnomer out there uh, in terms of what grass-fed actually means. Uh, And I almost had wished that whenever somebody decided to start labeling things as grass-fed, they would have labeled them grass-finished because that would technically be correct. And I prefer grain-finished because it just tastes better. I could not agree with you more. So I am certainly on the same page as you, and we can start we can start sharing that from the rooftops as far as I'm concerned. Tara, according to a uh, 2013 Firebrand Research and Strategy Report that CAB is very proud to share with people, uh, 94% of people surveyed recognize the logo. That makes it the number one most recognized beef brand in existence. Most people probably think CAB is a type of cow, though. Can you explain what CAB is? Absolutely. Um, Well, as you mentioned, uh, Certified Angus Beef is the most recognized brand, and so that's really where I start. Um, We were actually the first brand of beef that was identified on the marketplace, and we were we came about because a group of Angus cattlemen decided or thought that their cattle could create a better product and they wanted to be able to market it in order to give consumers a better eating experience. And so we are actually a beef brand. We had a we have a set of specifications just like any brand out there on the marketplace. It just so happens that we are a very high quality, very high consistent beef brand. Uh, known for delivering a consistently great eating experience to those guests who enjoy our brand. So let's let's back this story up a little bit. Can you tell us about the history of CAB and, and how long has it been around? Absolutely. Uh, we have been around for just almost 40 years. And our founding fathers, as I mentioned, are Angus cattlemen and women. And we're actually owned by Angus ranching families uh, that are based all across this country that have the desire to raise the highest quality cattle in order to ultimately uh, produce the highest quality beef for all of your listeners to be able to enjoy. 
Tara, I know that there are specifications that make up the CAB standard. Can you sort of walk through what those are and how they work? Absolutely. Certified Angus Beef has 10 quality standards that must be met in order to earn our brand name. And the first one, and the one that is the most stringent, meaning it's the one that kicks out the most product, is our marbling. Uh, we require a modest zero or higher, that's the scientific term, um, but ultimately we require a higher level of marbling because that is what gives beef that great flavor that we were talking about a minute ago. And then from there we have nine additional. Here, let's, uh, let's talk about marbling real quick. I, you know, I know what that is and Brad knows what that is and you know what that is and maybe some of our other listeners too, but let, let's talk about marbling um, and why it's important. I would love to talk about marbling and you know um, <laughs> what we so fondly call it or what I have learned from some of my colleagues is to call marbling flex of flavor and that really is the absolute truth um, that's what it does so when you actually look at a steak the marbling are the little white flecks that are inside the steak and when you cook it, they melt down and give you that flavor that when you think about a steak, it just makes your mouth water. Um, it's not any of the fat on the outside that you actually trim off, but marbling are those great flecks of flavor that are right inside of the steak when you look at it. So, Tara, listen, I could talk, listen to you talk like this all day. It's making me very hungry. This is actually a bit of a problem for me, so I'm going to take this conversation in a bit of a left turn right now because I think we were a little rude. We never asked you how you got started at CAB. Oh, well, I did grow up on a farm in the middle of nowhere Oklahoma, as I affectionately call it, and uh, I'm the youngest of five girls, and both my mom and dad really hoped that all of us would want to stay there and actually stay on the farm and work every day with both the cattle and the wheat and that was not my gig. I was much more into eating what we raised and I love the opportunity to get out and about and interact with people. I love to be in much more of a city and so this job was a perfect opportunity that truly fell into my lap based upon some connections that I made at college and it has been a great ride almost 20 years later. What's your favorite part about working there? Hands down, it is the people that I get to work with um, all across this country. I do most of my work domestically, but I love the people, whether it's the, the chefs that I get to interact with today or the distribution, um, folks like you guys, or um, even the rancher partners that I, that I do still get to interact with today. So I've been to the CAB Education Center twice now, uh, and it is a very, very special experience. Um, I learned more about beef and cattle in the 24 hours I spent there than I did the entire lifetime prior to walking through the door. Um, there's a lot of knowledge in that building. Uh, I want to, uh, if you're okay with it, Tara, I want to kind of ask some questions that I know the answers to that I think will help educate people about ground beef. Are you good with that? I am good with that. All right, Tara, let's start with this one. What is the primary difference between select choice and prime? Actually, we should talk about what those are first. Okay, let's do. Um, select, Choice, and Prime are USDA grades, and so they designate a quality of beef 
based upon a system that was established many years ago by the USDA. And the primary difference between each of those grades would be the amount of marbling, select having the least, and prime having the most of those three grades. So who's, who's in charge of doing the actual grading? The USDA is in charge of the grading, and USDA, for those who may not know, stands for United States Department of Agriculture, and they have graders who are trained and who are inside all of the plants, uh, and they are the ones that determine both the marbling score and also maturity score, and those are the two things that determine whether it's select, choice, or prime product. Okay, and so for somebody going to the grocery store and they want to buy a great steak, obviously they need to get the one that has the CAB logo on it. But if it's at a non-CAB place, what visually are they looking for with the marbling? Absolutely. Um, the, well, the first thing is if they're at a store that doesn't carry certified Angus beef, they need to go to a different store. Um, but if that's not an option, then they want to look for the marbling, as we've talked about, that are the little white flecks that are inside of either the steak or the roast. And the more of those that there are and the more evenly that they are spread throughout that steak or roast, then the better that that product is going to perform when they take it home to eat it. Right, so they don't want large deposits of it. They just want it sort of traced throughout it, right, like a spider web almost. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. You want small little flecks. They're going to be much easier to melt when you put it on the grill or when you put it in your oven or you put it on a grill pan. They'll melt as you cook them and then it's going to be an amazing eating experience. How are the cattle raised on farms that CAB works with? You know, the, the, fam the farms that we work with are much like the one I grew up on, that they are family owned and operated either by one or two or three generations who give the utmost care to their cattle. Uh, okay, Tara, Rev has been telling me that I need to ask you about the Temple Grandin hug machine. Now, before you answer, I'm going to put out that I know who Temple Grandin is because I listen to a lot of NPR, but this is so out of context for me <laughs> that I think we're going to need a little bit from you. So as you know, Temple Grandin is a leading expert within our beef community about um, the best ways to treat and care for our cattle and one of the things that she helped to create that has really been put into implementation across our industry is commonly known as the hug machine and uh, for those of us who grew up on a farm when we need to doctor our cattle you know you have to round them up and then you've got to get them into a facility so that you can do this because um, just like just like us as humans we don't necessarily love getting a shot when we need to have a vaccination and so this hug machine is what we put them into and it holds them, it has kind of um, sides on it that you can push together and it, it holds them close so they feel like they're being hugged or swaddled. If you think about how a baby feels secure when they're, when they're being held closely, it's the same way. And so then we're able to have access to give them the vaccinations that they need and then it opens up and they can run out and be on their way. So I just want to clarify for our listeners that don't know, uh, Tumble Grandin is also a leading expert on issues uh, pertaining to the autism spectrum. She's on the autism spectrum, and uh, I believe that the hug boxes or the hug machine is probably derived from her work with the hug box to help uh, humans, uh, people who have, who are on the autism spectrum, to help them feel calm. 
Yes, you are absolutely right. And it should be noted that there's also a film documentary, so if people really want to go explore the Temple Grandin story, which is an awesome story, and if you love beef, you should know about it. And if you're into CAB, you should know about it. Go watch it. Well, and gentlemen, let me just add this side note. I actually went to college at Colorado State where Temple Grandin oh, no um, is a professor, so I had the opportunity to meet and engage with her just a little bit far before I knew I was going to be in this business for the long, for the long haul. Did you, were you able to take any classes with Temple? Or? I just, she was a guest lecturer in several of my classes, but I didn't have a class that was solely taught by her throughout the entire course. That, at that time when I was there, which was ages ago, she was more of a guest lecturer for us, and as you guys referenced, she's, she was out doing a lot in the industry as a whole and, and doing other things even outside of our industry on the, in the autism world as well. This is going to sound like a bunch of nerd speak to people listening to the podcast, but if you go if you go watch the documentary and understand the story, you'll understand why we uh, idolize this woman to a certain degree. She she really is an advocate for uh, animals being raised humanely. So that being said, all right. So CAB, it's it was started by the 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 ranchers. You guys work with family owned and operated uh, farms, right? It's all about eating quality, right? There are no actual CAB cows. It's all about USDA grading, right? So we sort of nailed what it, what all of what CAB is, right? You, you guys are essentially a brand, and you're there to help tell people which beef to eat if you're looking for superior taste. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right on. That's exactly uh, what we do. Thank you. I spent a lot of time at the education center. Let's <laughs> take this to the next level for the podcast. Tara, what, what would be the value to a restaurant in using a premium brand like CAB, and how could they use CAB, like what, how could they use it to their advantage? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. That's part of what I get to do every day. And really, in the restaurateur, whether they're the owner or the chef, there are so many things that they have to worry about in order to deliver the best dining experience each and every night or each and every day to every one of their guests that certified Angus beef is really the closest thing as to a 100% insurance policy that allows them to worry about one less thing. Beef is a huge profit center for a restaurant and if they can be confident that it's going to deliver for their guests every time then they can really worry <clears throat> excuse me they can really worry about a lot of the other things um, that they need to do in order to ensure that great dining experience. So if you're a restaurant and you've invested in a premium product like CAB, I feel as though it's probably pretty important for you to let your customer know that you've invested in that for them. So can you give some examples of ways that a restaurant can educate their customers on what they're eating? Sure. Well, on the menu is one of the primary ways that you re can really educate your guests on what you're offering them, whether it's beef or, or any of the other offerings, whether it's your pork. But of course, I focus on certified Angus beef. Your menu is a great vehicle to tell that story. And then really having an educated wait staff is a huge key in being able to deliver that message table side. They don't need to go to the same level of depth that you guys were able to learn at our culinary center, but if they can have one or two quick points to be able to deliver to their guests and offer confidence in what they're getting ready to have. That just goes such a long way. And both of those are just two of the many resources that we would offer to our partner uh, restaurants in order to help them to deliver that message to their guests. 
What do you find is the best way for a restaurant to teach its staff about a premium item on their menu? Well, of course, it would be to to utilize some of our resources. Um, but truly, um, putting the product in their mouths on, in addition to that, and, and really the ones that are the most successful, we find, take the time to invest in their staff. And whether that's getting them together regularly um, to, to sit down and talk about their product. So if they just added certified Angus beef to their menu, let's talk about how it's different. Let's talk about why it's a higher quality product. Let's talk about how it could be different from what they were serving before. And just as with anyone, um, repetition with that and also letting them taste the product, taste the steaks that they're serving goes such a long way in being able to deliver a personal experience table side. And so do you feel like a restaurant can command a higher price for a beef item if they're using the CAB label? <laughs> I do. And not only uh, do I feel that way, we've actually conducted research um, that would be reflective of nationwide that consumers are willing to pay more for a product for a steak that is identified as certified Angus beef. Really, even if you think about us as consumers outside of the beef world, we are brand shoppers. And you may be, you may have a different tolerance level on different items based upon what you're going to buy, but we shop by brands and beef is no different. So you know what to expect and you're absolutely willing to pay more for a great experience. If you're going to buy a steak, you're not going to have a cheap dining experience anyway. So you might as well pay a little bit more and have a guaranteed experience that it's going to be great. So you mentioned that you think, or not you think, that the research shows that customers are willing to pay more for, for a premium product and in this case that means CAB. But let's say you're in a market that's really not so educated about CAB. Okay. I, you know, you already spoke to how a restaurant can uh, educate its customers, but uh, is there anything that CAB is doing to get the word out to the general grocery customer or, or uh, diner? Yes, we have um, our marketing team would be, and our sales team really, that would be what we are tasked to do every day. So we are creating resources and we are working directly with our customers to help them do that exact thing. We get that question all the time. And so whether it's um, grassroots marketing, we do an awful lot of that just based upon our heritage of being owned by ranchers. We've stuck with that and we do a lot of grassroots where we're sampling product, we're doing education, we would do some advertising with our partners. And so we are absolutely out there helping to spread the word about what Certified Angus Beef is. In addition to that, we invested in an awesome culinary center that you mentioned earlier, where we bring guests in who are maybe not so familiar with our product, whether that be a restaurateur or a retailer, and help to educate them more about beef in general, not just Certified Angus Beef, but we want them to be educated about beef completely so that then they can make an educated decision about what they want to offer to their guests, whether it's in a restaurant or a retail store. Brad and I are both based here in New York City, and we have a lot of listeners of the podcast that live here. Um, I know that Ainsworth, Ramen Burger, Genuine Roadside, they're all supporters of Schweiden Sons Certified Angus Beef. Where else can people go in New York City to try burgers made with, with the CAB Schweiden Sons Burgers? Well, you can absolutely enjoy those great burgers at Pound and Pence at Connolly's Pub and at Francis Tavern 
or you can certainly look at our website which is www.certifiedangusbeef.com backslash buy and you can look right either in New York City or if you're in another area and see where you can find our great product. And that would also be for grocery stores too, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so outside of New York City I know that Schwad works with McLoon's in New Jersey, Lancaster Brewing Company, uh, Burton's Grill in New England, Burger Warfare in North Carolina. Who are some other uh, accounts outside of New York City that are using CAB? Yeah, we've got some really fun, great options. Um, so a few others would be Mo and Joe's in Atlanta or the Union Burger in Tampa, Florida. Cheesecake Factory, which you can find across the country as well as um, it's just been newly launched at the Hilton Hotels really um, worldwide. So there's lots of great options out there for you guys to enjoy awesome certified Angus beef burgers that come from Schweid and Sons and I hope that you enjoy one sooner rather than later. Yeah, I won't lie to you, Brad is texting me on the other window, what should he have for dinner? My answer was CAB. Uh, so, I love it. We, we learned a lot today about, about the value of CAB and, and what it is and, and you know why people should get out there and quote unquote taste the difference. Uh, but we have a very important question for you, and this is how we wrap the show every week. Tara, what is your favorite burger from childhood? Oh my gosh, guys. I've had a lot of great burgers. <laughs> I hope so. so. Um, but I have to just say that the very first thing that comes to mind when you say that would be one that my mom made. Um, so it, growing up in the middle of nowhere, it was a big deal when we got a grill, a gas grill, to be outside. And so that kind of changed the game for me with burgers, at least in the way that I grew up. So I have a very uh, fond memories of just my mom being excited that we had one and uh, making grills, making burgers for us out there on the grill to eat as a family. How were you cooking burgers outdoors before you had a grill? We didn't cook them outdoors. That's my point. They were all done in a cast iron skillet. And so I love them being grilled outside. And so that's what changed it so much for us when we finally got a grill. Is that like a standard farm thing to not grill? <laughs> Well, uh, it was in my household, I guess. So it was a big deal when we got one. Bless. Tara, you're in Ohio now, yeah? Yes, I absolutely am. So we always ask people what's the best burger that they've had most recently. But I'm curious, I want to know what the best burger you've had in, in Ohio and in Oklahoma. Wow. All right. So Ohio, um, I, I, you know, talking about where you can find our product, truly the last, the most recent burger that I had uh, here in Ohio was amazing and it was at Cheesecake Factory. I was out shopping with one of my girlfriends and we stopped and had a burger and watched some basketball. And so it was one of the great burgers that we were talking about a minute ago from Schweiden Sons and then it was layered with some awesome bacon and it was just yummy like one of those mouth-watering burgers that you can't get enough of and in Oklahoma um, gosh it's at the Blackbird Gastro Pub and they have great food that is definitely a step up from the average college dive and it's just an awesome burger after an awesome OU football game I don't know that most people know this about the Cheesecake Factory uh, but okay. they are so uh, culinary focus. I don't know if that's the right phrasing of that. Probably not. Almost every yeah, you're probably right. Almost every menu item that they have there is based on 
some culinary exploration that the chefs had eaten elsewhere in the world. They were like, went to a restaurant and ate something and were like, this is awesome. We need to do our own version of it. And so they're really, really influenced by um, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different restaurants out there, and they're like they're really, really focused on on that. Uh, Brad, you'll appreciate this. Do you know where who inspired the sliders at Cheesecake Factory? I'm gonna guess it's Bates. No, but you're close. Hunter House. No, you're still close. Greens. It is Green Sliders in in Michigan. That they they somebody on the team I forget who went there and ate it one day and was like, this is a slider. This is exactly what a slider is supposed to be, and we need to do. This. If we're gonna have sliders on our menu, that's what it needs to be. I love that. Yeah, Cheesecake Factory is is super legit, man. Yes, they absolutely are. I've never been disappointed with a meal that I've had there. Last question for you. If you could give one piece of advice to someone in the restaurant marketing business, what would it be? Wow, if I had to narrow that to one piece of advice, um, I guess I would say, number one, absolutely do not compromise quality. And I'm going to sneak in a second one, and that is to learn from your peers. I learn something every day in this business, and... Um, I, I think that's something that we all need to keep in mind is just to always learn and we'll learn something new that we can put to work in our businesses. Love that answer. Tara, it has been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for, for bringing the CAB knowledge to everybody. Hopefully they can get excited and go out there and taste the difference. I'm going to keep saying that because I'm cheesy, um, but I believe it also. Where can people find out more about you? Well, you can find out more about Certified Angus Beef at our website, which is certifiedangusbeef.com. And there's more information than probably what you'd ever want to know, but we'd love to share it with you anytime you'd like to join us. Awesome. Tara, thanks for being on the show today. We really, really appreciate the time. We really, really appreciate the insight. I had a great time, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidandsons.com slash podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business. Stay hungry.